In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with your 221st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons, 1-5, coming off for their first victory of the season, will host the Detroit Football Lions. On Sunday at 1 p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the Lions are 2-3. and three. They've won two of their last three games, and they're talking about building some momentum and uh, coming into Atlanta and handling their business against the Falcons. Well, we're going to look at the Lions. We're going to look at some of the offensive guys, defensive guys. Uh, we're going to hear from their uh, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinators. They spoke to the Detroit media today. And we, uh, we uh, thanks to the Lions website, we were able to get some audio uh, of the pertinent clips about the Atlanta Falcons. Then we'll look at, uh, you know, the uh, matchup between the Lions and the Falcons, the tail of the tape. And we'll wrap up with that here today on this episode. The um, Lions are trying to run the football with Adrian Peterson. They picked him up after he was released by the uh, Redskins, uh, the Washington football team. He... Uh, uh, has 69 carries for 285 yards and two touchdowns. DeAndre Swift, the rookie out of Georgia, has 26 carries for 158 and three touchdowns. He had a breakout game against Jacksonville last week uh, with 14 carries for 116 yards, his first 100-yard game in the NFL, and two touchdowns. Carrion Johnson has 25 carries for 80 yards and one touchdown. He's more of a third down back. And they kind of just rotate him. Uh, they start off with Peterson and try to get him going. And then, you know, flash Swift on you. And uh, depending on the play calls, it could be Swift or Johnson. Uh, and then they can come back to Peterson if he's got the hot hand. So Stafford's the quarterback, Matthew Stafford, former Georgia Bulldog. He's uh, 102 of 60, 168 for um, 1,240 yards. Nine touchdowns, four interceptions, uh, 91.4 passer rating. His top receiver is TJ Hawkinson, the tight end out of Iowa. 17 for 197 and three touchdowns. So, you know, red zone guy. Uh, the big play guy is Kenny Galladay out of Northern Illinois. 14 catches, 224 yards and two touchdowns. And then Swift is catching the ball. He had the big drop in the... Uh, open and loss against the Bears, but uh, he's catching the ball for him. He's got 16 for 131 and one touchdown. And then Marvin Jones, uh, a guy Michael Rothstein asked about him, and uh, Bevel got all defensive because <laughs> uh, Marvin isn't getting the rock. It sounds like, and uh, he wants some. He wants the ball. And Marvin has uh, got 14 catches for 146 and one touchdown. Uh, Hawkinson's averaged 11.6. 
Galladay's the deep guy, 16.0. Swift averaging 8.2 a catch. And Marvin uh, Jones, 10.4. And then the uh, Lions line, uh, Frank Ragnalls. He's the second-rated guard, according to Pro Football Focus. So uh, Grady Jarrett and the rest of the defensive tackles uh, will have to, uh, you know, handle him. And Tyler Decker... Left tackle, uh, he's the ninth-rated left tackle. So, who's ever rushing from that side might have a long day over there. He's giving up no sacks this year. So, um, yeah, Swift had the 14 for 116 and two touchdowns against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He also caught three passes for seven, seven uh, catches there. Galladay was four for 105 against Jacksonville and no touchdowns. So, Lions are coming in with a little momentum. Uh, you know, Coach Patricia's record up there hasn't been too good, 11-25-1. But, uh, you know, they're counting on him or hoping that he would turn it around. They fired Jim Caldwell, who was, you know, took him to the playoffs, went 9-7. and seven, And Patricia hasn't been able to match or even come close. So we'll see um, how the Lions go. But they think they can – their schedule breaks for them, kind of like the um, – Falcons schedule and they think they can get on a run here so we'll see uh, if the Falcons can deny them and try to get on their own run here uh, as the season is uh, breaking into uh, week game seven so uh, let's look at the defense of course we all know that uh, Desmond Trufant went to Detroit um, in the offseason after the Falcons cut him but it hasn't worked out so far uh, Desmond He's missed three games. He was supposed to replace Darius Slay for him. He suffered a hamstring in the uh, opener. Then he missed two games. Then he played against the Saints on October the 4th, and uh, he re-aggravated it. So he didn't play last week against Jacksonville, probably because he wants to be ready for this one. Um, maybe show the Falcons they should have never have cut him. So we will see how that goes. And... Um, as we're moving uh, forward throughout the week and get closer to game time. And a couple of names on other names on the defense. Uh, defensive end Trey Flowers. Want to look, after, look for him. Should be on Jake Matthews most of the day. And of course, they had the top pick there with uh, Jeff Ukunda, cornerback um, out of Ohio State. So those are some of the names we want to um, be familiar with when they come into the Mercedes-Benz Stadium to play the Falcons. Let's hear from Detroit defensive coordinator Corey Unlin. He's talking about the Falcons. And then uh, we'll go to Daryl Bevel, who, uh, you know, was a candidate last time the OC job was open here in Atlanta, uh, but it went to Dirk Cutter. So let's hear from Corey Unlin. today looking at uh, Atlanta just curious uh, obviously another week and another uh, tough task for, for you and your defensive coaches just when you when you threw on Atlanta what stood out maybe the most as you, as you kind of put that game plan together yeah I stood out the most when I got on the bus and uh, uh, they, uh, they scored some points on Sunday so um, hands full as you guys know quarterback don't even I mean, can't say enough about him I could throw it all over the field um, I don't know what out you want to talk about all the wideouts and then you know the addition of uh, the running back O-line is a good good group uh, athletic tough can run it good pass protection so um, we're right back at it 
next one. So uh, been in there all day, obviously all night yesterday, and uh, got a good jump on it. So we'll see how it shakes out here as we go forward. And then, oh, sorry, just a quick, real quick follow-up. Sorry, Eamon. Um, the way you guys played last week, you know, specifically against the run, can, can, are you, is there a lot of confidence you sense from those guys with the way that you uh, played last week? And I know that doesn't always translate. doesn't necessarily mean you'll play the same way this week, but that's got to be good to start a week looking at film like you, did, you guys did on Monday. Yeah, um, we've been talking about it, obviously, since the start of the season. Um, so when you go out there and you get a performance, I mean, we talked about it last week being consistent. Um, didn't really change up the front that much. Um, messed around with some, a couple different things, but all in all, um, we played our stuff. And, you know, we talked about last week as far as just being consistent. You know, there, was, there were snaps on tape of us being really stout, and then there was, tap, you know, snaps of us getting a little bit sideways and it was loose. So emphasis last week come out of the we got to play consistent. It was close. Um, as far as playing 60 minutes right there, we had a couple, and, you know, I think some of that was the situation of the game as well, but, um, and I'm aware of that when we go through the game, obviously I'll call it, it'll, you know, the situation won't, you know, depict on how I call it for those guys, but um, I couldn't be proud of those guys uh, to watch them go out there and play, and I really thought it started with the first two runs of the game. You know, they ran it twice and ended up with minus one or minus two yards there on the first thing, and then we get off the field on the first third down, we talk about starting fast all the time, and it showed up, um, and I think that carried us through um, for a majority of the game until obviously they were in a situation where the running was no was not going to help them. So uh, it was good. Proud of everybody. You know, we talk about this all the time as well. Um, obviously the front, the D-line, linebackers, and then, you know, we talked about it. It's the back end as well, guys showing up on the edge, whether it's safety getting the guy down in between the corner and the backer, outside backer, um, corner showing up on the edge of the defense. So. Uh, outstanding group effort there. It was it was I'm happy for him for sure. All right, that was Detroit defensive coordinator Corey Unlin. Let's hear from uh, the offensive coordinator. Well, no, we got some more from Unlin on uh, Julio and Ridley. Get that going. Your first thought is that's that's the best, but now you've got Julio and Calvin Ridley as as these dynamic both number ones. How, how do you balance? I guess which one do you take away? I mean, how, how do you how do you handle something like that? Uh, I don't. I mean, I'd have to rush two, and I know you guys would not like that if I rush two. We tried to double all these guys, so we're not. We probably can't do that. I mean, I don't know if I have a coverage that can handle all these guys, um, but I would say comes down to trying to be effective and make, you know, make the quarterback, make Matt work here, you know, pre-snap, post-snap, and um, do our best um, and mix it up on him and try to make it hard for him. Um, we all know this is going to be tough cover for everybody on the field, um, and we welcome that challenge. I look forward to watching these guys go out there. Obviously, like it does every week, we're going to have to go start on Wednesday tomorrow with the great meetings, great practice, great preparation, and we'll just take it one day at a time and put a plan together and we'll see what it looks like at the end of the week and then we'll pick the things that we think are going to help us win. But, um, yeah, we got our hands full here for sure. Um, and I look forward to that. I mean, the players do too. be a great challenge and uh, we'll go out there and give everything we got and see what happens. All right. He's, uh, <laughs> whoa, he's like uh, Julian Ridley. That's a lot. We're going to have our hands full. No question about it. Uh, let's hear from Daryl Bevel. He's worried about the Falcons' defensive front and the pass rush. 
All right, let's get. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, I know you're starting to look. You started to look at Atlanta. Excuse me. Just, I'm curious what what pops out about the defense. What are, what are the things that that are really on your uh, on your mind heading into the game plan? Yeah, we've been watching it all day. I think really the thing that uh, that jumps out right away is is their front. You know, they're they're just um, they're they're really attacking. They got a, a nice attacking style. Really trying to get up the field. Um, you know, up up front, they're just. I mean. I think their rush is going to be something that we that we're going to have to really be able to handle. That's that's where it starts. I think there's a lot of movement, there's a lot of stunting, there's a lot of games, and I think that's you know. So going right back to to Hank, he's going to have to do a great job this week to get these guys ready for that. Thanks, Beth. No problem. Got time for one more? If anyone's got one. Ah, that's it. Yep. Thrill Bevo, the uh, Lions. Def- Offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, I remember Daryl. He's a big-time recruit coming to Wisconsin. I was up there covering the Packers at the time. He was a fine young man. Did a Mormon mission knocking on doors in the on the rough side of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, you know, professing uh, his faith to them, trying to help them out in Cleveland before he went to the Badgers and Coach Barry Switzer, he's one of the first uh, big-time quarterbacks they had. And then, then we know him from Seattle, too. Uh, he was the coordinator who called, didn't give the ball to beast mode on the one. Uh, of course, Pete Carroll took the blame for that, but we we know he was the coordinator that night. Uh, so that's uh, just a couple more notes here. The Falcons have won four of the last five against the Lions. Uh, Raheem, Coach Raheem. Morris is 0-2 against the Lions. Matt Patricia is 0-0 against the Falcons. So, um, you know, Matt Patricia overall is 11-25-1. And then some of the locals, um, uh, you know, Stafford and Swift. And then I saw Isaac Knotts at a tight end from UGA. is on the uh, practice squad up there. Now let's look at the numbers here, the offensive numbers here. Um you know, Atlanta averaging 27 points a game. You want to be in the top 16. The Falcons are 13th in points, 4th in total offense, 19th in rushing, and 2 in net passing yards. So, another uh, good passing game uh, for the Falcons. And they're, you know, right there up up near the top of the league. Now, the Lions' pass defense is uh, 15th. They're 29th against the run, 21st against uh, total uh, offense, so we got the 21st defense and the 31st defense, and we got the uh, 31st, 21st defense going against the fourth offense. So the Falcons should be able to move the ball. Points they're giving up 28.6 a game, so they're 22nd going against the 13th highest uh, potent offense. So I mean the Falcons offense has a favorable matchup. Now, the Lions offense has one, too, but they're not in the top 10 in anything. Uh, points, 26.6, 15th, total offense, 24th, 347.8 yards a game. Then uh, rushing, 117, 4, 15th. That's the only thing there. Well, points in rushing, they're in the top 15, so they're trying to run the ball, keep their defense off the field, too. Uh Net pass yards, 230.4. They're 22nd. So we got the 22nd pass offense going against the 31st pass defense. Advantage Detroit. So there's going to be some passing uh, on Sunday. And if they could run it, they're going to do it. The Falcons are in the top five in running 
Uh, run defense now, after holding the Vikings to 32 yards, they're 97.2. Uh, overall total offense, though, they're 31st. And uh, overall total offense, Detroit is 24th. So they have – the offenses have the match the, the favorable matchups in this game. The time of possession is going to be key. Uh, the uh, Falcons are ninth in time of possession, 30-58. And the uh, Lions are 29-38. They're in the bottom half of the league at 22. So, Gurley, Hill, probably want to start seeing a little bit more Edo Smith. Uh, definitely want to see him in space. Like he had that 17-yarder out of the backfield um, against the Vikings. So, uh, And then, uh, of course, the big one here, this is a flip on this one. This will flip the game for sure. Both teams are doing pretty good in turnover differential. The Falcons are plus three, tied for eighth. And the Lions are 11, tied for 11th with plus two. So, that's your matchup. The two and three Detroit Lions against the one and five Atlanta Falcons. Both teams out of the gate slow, trying to build up some momentum. Uh, heading into the middle of the season, the Lions already had their bye week. And then the Falcons, uh, you know, there's just a few games off here. Uh, they got three more games before their bye week. So with that, we're going to get on out of here. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at DOrlandoAJC, and you can get all of our coverage on AJC.com. Bookmark the Falcons uh, page so you can get it right away, get your alerts, sign up for those. And then we like it if you um, can subscribe and review the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. So with that, we're going to get out of here and hope you all uh, uh, have a uh, good rest of the week. I know some folks wanted some stories on uh, my uh, good friend, uh, Bob McClure, but I'm waiting until we get the uh, arrangements and so forth, and then I'll uh, maybe next week we'll be sharing. Uh, I just want to focus on the good times, and uh, I'll have some stories for you all here soon. Take care and have a great rest of the week. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. The celebration. The Atlanta Journal Constitution presents. Hip hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.